0: Thank to y'all for tuning in. And, um, as you were watching your journey with Andrew Love, um, I have another guest. His name is Jamie M. Fowler. And, um, mm-hmm. I saw him on Twitter. Uh, he was in the, uh, talking to Beto. He asked him a question, um, uh, uh, about reparations. And, um, I'm gonna give Jamie Fowler the privilege <laughs> to tell people about his experience, um, uh, while he was on the Beto conference, I'm sure that's what it was. And he also shared on Twitter as well. And, um, you know, this brother, he asked a serious question. You know, it's about reparations. And there's it's a question a lot of people try to ignore and divert. So I'm going to give him the uh, chance to introduce himself and um, to tell y'all and share his experience about um, the question and how things turn out. Uh, how you doing, Mr. Jamie Fowler? We, I'm good, sir. How about you? All right. we you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and, um, and what sure. took place?
1: Yeah. Um, my name is uh, Jamie Fowler. I'm actually from South Carolina. Um, I am a uh, therapist, a child therapist and a drug counselor by trade. Uh, but uh, I've uh, decided to make it my business to go to different uh, settings and different areas of the state to confront politicians, in particularly the candidates, uh, about a, a black agenda and reparations. Um, that's one of the things that I feel like I could do to contribute to the uh, for reparations. Uh, I've uh, done several videos and I, uh, they've all uh, gone viral, it seems like. Uh, so uh, I I've got a lot of support off of Twitter and Facebook for what I do. Um, but I want to say that I, I do it for the overall Uh, movement I don't do it for any personal clout Uh, I I feel like uh, reparations and a black agenda is the uh, moral imperative of our time and without those things um, black people will continue to be politically destitute particularly uh descendants of American slaves so uh, that's why I do what I do Uh, like I said I've been uh, down here uh, in South Carolina pretty much my whole life Uh, my family uh The Sims from North Carolina, um, slaves in North Carolina. Uh, So uh, uh, yeah, unless you guys want to know anything else, that's that's pretty much it.
0: All right, Now, I saw your video and it did went pretty good, went viral. Yes. Um, As you uh, answered Beto the question, will you uh, pretty much explain uh, or tell people what the question was and how um, it was answered? Now I will also share the video. But anyway, okay. I think I could just best go and share the video. Then you can just okay. break down a little bit about what, what, how you felt what took place. I'm going to let the audience see uh, what happened. So I'm going to get ready to uh, screen share uh, real okay. quick. And, um, I also will let people see it's on Facebook. So I also will get ready to let people uh, see what happened. And, uh, okay. hold on real quick. As course, my friends, course. Uh, Brain is up. Um, and I think that's the first part and I hope so. And um hold on real quick. I know I'd get this together. Um take your time, brother. let me know if you actually should we should be actually here and see uh know what's going on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, and here we go. I'm gonna screen share. Let me know if you can see it. Can you see it?
1: I'm looking at uh, an empty screen. Yeah, I'm seeing it right now.
0: All right, thank you, thank you, artists for being patient. Now I'm gonna play it. Here we go. Hope y'all can hear it, and I hope it shows up good because sometimes the program be tripping.
1: Mr. Lord, you had mentioned racism earlier. Let's look at it from an economic perspective. Black Americans in the country own
0: 2.6. Can you hear it? Yeah, you turned the volume down just a tad bit. Okay, I could if you can. I stopped the roof couch. I'll see if you can hear it or not.
1: All right. Yeah, so yeah. Go. All right, here we go. Percent of ...the wealth in this nation, not income, wealth, for 14% of the population. White Americans own 90, around 90% of the wealth in this nation. There's been a lot of talk about reparations. My question is twofold. Do you personally, outside of Congress, outside of the White House, outside of the presidential race, do you personally, in principle, believe that the black American descendants of slaves should receive cash payment reparations? If you do not, what closes that black-white racial wealth gap?
2: So I agree with you about the underlying premise of the question. And what has created the kidnapping and enslavement of people and in denying their descendants through Jim Crow, redlining, segregation and suppression that is alive and well in the United States of America today. The ability to fully participate in the greatness of their. Hold
0: on, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. i right i sorry. Yeah. i try to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Or
1: you had mentioned racism.
0: We're 14% of the
1: population. White Americans own 90, around 90% of the wealth in the nation. There's been a lot of talk about reparations. My question is twofold. Do you personally, outside of Congress, outside of the White House, outside of the presidential race, do you personally, in principle, believe that the black American descendants of slaves should receive cash payment reparations? If you do not, what closes that black-white-racial-wealth gap?
2: So I agree with you about the underlying premise of the question and and what has created it. The kidnapping and enslavement of people and in denying their descendants through Jim Crow, redlining, segregation, and suppression that is alive and well in the United States of America today, the ability to fully participate in the greatness that their ancestors produced in the first place. I believe, and I follow the lead of others who worked on this issue, like Sheila Jackson Lee, that having a reparations commission that brings everyone to the table to tell their story and the whole story of this country is the best possible path forward to decide the answer To your question. I, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if it is a cash payment, what the amount is. I would much rather that we begin the conversation by listening to everyone, including you, to make that determination. And then in the meantime, we also look at the disparities that we have in every single part of American life. Today, how in a kindergarten classroom you are five times as likely to be disciplined or suspended or expelled if you're a child of color that the schoolhouse-jailhouse pipeline begins at four or five years old, when you are absolutely vulnerable and defenseless. We need to have more teachers who look like their students in the classroom. We need to bridge the minority and majority of in our students um, We need to make sure that we recognize that we also have disparities in healthcare, a maternal mortality crisis that is three times as deadly for women of color. So, in addition to universal healthcare, we also, what are you doing? Were you in the murder of babies? Were so you in the murder of babies? You're disrespecting his question. Uh, you're being disrespected. Well, Why don't we respect this guy's time He asked me a question and i will answer it. And I'm happy to talk with you afterwards. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for being here. Don't worry about it. Um, so, so in addition to universal health care, it also means home health care visits which have been shown to improve healthcare outcomes for black women and women of color in this country. Um, And and then we look at how we make sure that we get capital out to communities that have been denied uh, through redlining. And that means doubling the size of community development finance institutions to fund small businesses in this country, including businesses owned by black women, who are growing and creating businesses at 14 times the rate We'll make things better but i agree with you ultimately you need some form of reparation to repair the damage done and to ensure that we are not visiting this injustice on future generations so thank you for asking
0: okay let's got the screen share real quick all right um now basically can you hear me yeah i can you now um what is <laughs> what do you think about how that person interrupt your question
1: that was uh, the most random thing ever. <laughs> uh, it was uh, a gentleman, uh, prior to that video, um, there were some gentlemen who were talking about, you know, just very conservative ideals. So uh, prior to what you saw uh, and what the audience saw in that video, um, there were uh, they were talking about different things like, uh, you know, abortion. They were talking about different things like, uh, you know, how... Um, just about God, about religion, just about a number of different things. And it almost was to a point to where they had the entire uh, crowd that was present just kind of booing and, and, and uh, being you know upset that they were challenging Beto on these things with these conservative principles. So um, that guy who had interrupted me was one of the guys who were there asking Beto all these questions uh, previous to what you see in the video. And then uh, I guess the guy just wanted to kind of get Beto on the record about abortion, it sounds like. So uh, that's basically what that was. I I didn't think anything about it one way or the other. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny, really. Um, That's basically what it was. I mean, I, I, I didn't really... Care about what they were doing. I knew I had my agenda about
0: what I wanted. To talk I, about. I was just curious. I, I thought it was kind of rude too, though, the, for somebody to answer that question in, in the middle of an answer. Um, sure, sure. And it was rude to answer that question. It's almost as you know how people are. they didn't really care about. You no, know, it's, it's also let you know they didn't really care about the black agenda. Mm. You
2: no, know,
0: nah. Right, uh, right. That person may have have probably a try to put him in a. Answered him as by abortion for a certain reason. I don't know. uh, uh, Even though if they try to get on his skin on the slide, why do you think they try to answer the question about abortion? In your opinion,
1: Uh, again, it was about you know. I think it was they were talking about it from a conservative religious perspective. Um, Did I think it had anything to do with what I was asking or what I was talking to him about? It might have. I mean, you know. There's, you know, certainly abortion certainly affects our communities, you know, in a lot of ways, Uh, um, uh, you know, a lot of abortion clinics end up in Black, predominantly Black neighborhoods. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, personally, I have my own personal view on abortion. Um, I think, uh, you know, with my conversation about reparations, uh, that was the uh, preeminent discussion I wanted to have. Um, If you can infuse Black communities with resources, uh, particularly monetary resources, then they're not going to be, you know, Black citizens aren't going to be afraid to have children because they're going to have the means to take care of children, right? So there will be no need to have all these clinics in predominantly Black neighborhoods, as far as I see it, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, so... That's just just my take on it. I mean, if no matter what the issue is, no matter what the problem is, no matter what we face as a community, ultimately it can be dealt with through that infusion of monetary resources. No matter what it is, abortion, education, police violence, there's a way to deal with it once you get money, and once you can start to circulate that money. And be able to do things with it, and build up your communities, and build up yourselves politically and economically, and build businesses. I feel like once you get that economic power, political power is pretty much inevitable, right? The, again, that's that's just the way I see it. That's my standpoint
0: on it. All right, I'm ask so, uh, you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, now I was just gonna say. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go for it.
1: I was just going to say, you know, as far as, you know, with the abortion thing, again, I feel like if there's a way to be able to uh, um, deal with it, I think if you infuse capital and resources uh, into those communities, again, we can be able to build a community, build communities, I should say, to be able to take care of our children there won't be a need to go through that process if we have the means to take care of them. Right. So.
0: Okay. Now, while I'm going to answer this, I understand. I agree with you. Uh, I do agree with you, what you said. Um, and let me say
1: this. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, Andrew. Let me say this. It's not, you know, whether I agree or disagree with the idea of abortion is irrelevant. Um, I certainly have my own opinion, but I won't take time to, into that right now. Um I think the thing is a lot of people go through that process because they don't have the means to take care of children in that moment. If you do have the means to take care of children in that moment at that time, then you won't have to worry about, okay, do I need to go through this process? Is it gonna go against my religious ideals? Won't have to worry about any of that if I got the money to take care of them. Right? You know, a lot of times and, and look there's other reasons why people you know go through that process. But uh, a huge reason is monetary, you know. So you can eliminate that reason if you're able to, you know, uh, have the means to do so.
0: I, I hope that answers your question. Oh, you did, you did. Okay, um, you did. It wasn't about a boy. So I was just curious. Um, sure, sure. One other thing I'll go answer also is that, uh, were you satisfied with the answer he giving you? Because we're not answering this question because a lot of politicians. There say stuff like you know, this and that. You know, the question is, are we satisfied with the answer? Because what is the game? What was the game plan of making sure? You know, what's the game plan? Where are the money coming from? Where what plan? Uh, did he have? Or I was curious. Or do you think he had in order to uh, to help him economically? I mean, because I don't really think he had one. I remember he said something about. Uh, we can have a sit down, and have a discussion, how they how we go uh, best, the best way to do. I think, I think it is fair to have a discussion. So I actually hope that Beto he here, watch this, he will have a discussion with some black, you know, with black people, sensible black people and right. then have a, have a collective uh, thought and idea of, of how to, um, have the program set where the money can go. Because I don't, I don't think it's going to be just like a one-time. I don't think that uh, reparation, you know, it's going to be like a one-time thing. So I'll just answering you basically, were you satisfied? Um, what he said, as far as your question go for reparation? Uh, what was, what, from your perspective, I'm asking you, what do you think? Were you satisfied uh, with his response or no and why? So I'm asking. Uh,
1: it was the answer I expected. <laughs> uh, it was the answer that I expected from him. Uh, and that's the answer I expected for most people running in this campaign. Uh, I feel like um, uh, whenever reparations gets brought up, they are going to move it to a broad-based kind of agenda where, you know, people of color or inner city folks are. Or... Now, it was interesting that uh, he specifically mentioned uh, Black women but only in the context of uh, Black women owning businesses, right? Um, which, I mean, it's good. It's, it's good, but it sounded like almost as if he was trying to play a little divide and conquer strategy, so to speak. Uh, whenever there's this process of of going, you know, naming, you know, out, calling out Black women in particularly, um, it almost seems like there's this idea that well they're the number one you know they're the top voters and you know just kind of throwing all these laudatory type of uh, explanations when it comes to after, you know black women, uh, which I mean that may be true. I mean they may you know be a huge uh, voting block for the Democratic Party, and that's all well and good. But at the same time, it's like you know when you throw that type of laudatory type of uh, praise on this particular subsection of a group of people. It's almost like, okay, we're going to uplift them and leave Black men by the wayside, because Black men don't vote. So we don't really need to to involve them anyway. Again, back to my question on reparations, I didn't specify about saying Black women. I didn't specify about saying Black men. It's about Black communities, right? Because again, back to this idea of, of reparations, I'm not Prepared to seriously say it's a cure-all, but in a lot of ways, it deals with. Fundamentally speaking, it deals with a lot of issues in our communities. Uh, one of the issues that it can certainly deal with is black male-female relationships. So there will be no need to for black women to seek that validation from the Democratic Party once uh, you know you have black men in the community who have the means to be able to. Build up the community and secure uh, Black women politically, economically, financially, you know, certainly, and, and those will lead to uh, emotional, uh, psychosocial, you know, uh, relational benefits as well, right? So, um, uh, back to your original question um, again, it was a, a, a pretty much the answer that I expected. Pretty much. I mean, it, it it was kind of like a carbon copy answer. Nothing that really surprised me. It, it was the answer. I would have been you know completely shocked had he said that I have a specific black agenda for specifically for the descendants of American slavery, or American descendants of slaves is going to involve uh, reparations in the form of cash payments. It's going to involve all these other things as well. I would have been shocked had he said that. But he gave the and and you know part of me was hoping maybe he changed his mind since he was last asked about this. But another part of me, a larger part of me was like, you know, this is the answer that I was going to expect. So, uh, answer your question that it was pretty much what I expected him to say.
0: Now as a, as a, as a person, as a, I gotta say, African-American what you want to call yourself, um, mm-hmm. in your opinion, um, do you think it's only your opinion, not everybody. It's only your opinion. In your opinion. Uh-huh. Do you think he'd still be the best candidate for president? Oh well, not a president, where he run a senator. That's what he running for, I think, right? I don't know if he's running for president or not. I think he is he running for president. Him. Beto is running
1: for president.
0: Oh wow, he changed his mind quick. That's why I thought do you think he'd be the best person in your opinion? you know, Mary Wilson, she's I think she's pretty serious about reparations. And all. and she ain't she ain't cut no corners on on answering the questions either. And she yeah. actually had a strategy about how we should go how to where the money going to come from and everything. I thought she have a better plan. So in your opinion, this is on your opinion, do you think many black people uh, should vote for compared to the other candidates?
1: I'm willing to vote for anybody who has a black agenda, with, which would include specific, tangible programs, benefits, and reparations for American descendants of slaves. Anybody who comes with that, those things, I'm willing to take a second look at it. What about Mary? Wilson? It does guarantee my vote, right. but if you're consistently talking about a specific black agenda for ADOS, then yeah, you're in the top running for my vote.
0: That, like Mary. Uh,
1: okay. Go ahead. you great. I was just going to say, uh, you know, all this other stuff about universal health care and, you know, uh, environment all this stuff it's all well and good what i refuse to allow myself to do is be beholden to things that people in politics have been arguing arguing about since time immemorial we've been arguing about universal health care we've been arguing about you know the idea centered around the green new deal we've been arguing about these things for decades And there's no guarantee because a Democrat is going to get elected and put in the White House, there's no guarantee those things are going to happen regardless of who's in the White House, right? The beauty about reparations, the beauty about a Black agenda, the beauty about uh, tangibles for ADOS is that it puts us in the driver's seat about what we want to see about what we wanna have happen, right? Because all these other things about you know, healthcare, all these things, those are basic broad issues. And yes, they do disproportionately affect black Americans, but the problem is what ends up happening oftentimes when it comes to tangible things, things that I can hand down to my you know, offspring and things that ADOS folks can hand down to their offspring, What ends up happening is that we get left by the wayside. You know, our specific agenda never even gets looked at, that alone, you know, put into action by any politician on the left or the right. And when you get enough of that over time, you know, it gets frustrating. I certainly look at it, and I've been frustrated for years. So when this thing came about with the whole ADOS movement with the whole Black Tangibles movement, I immediately was like, whatever I gotta do to involve myself in it, I'm for it. You because know, I could see the scam years in advance. You know, that doesn't make me stand out, it doesn't make me any more special than anybody else. I'm sure other people saw the scam as well. And, you know, whenever I would ask folks questions about, hey, this, you know, what's going on with the specifically Black agenda, you know, Black people would look at me like I'm crazy. You know, what are you talking about? You know, we got to vote Democrat to keep the Republicans out of the White House. If they keep the Republicans out of the White House, you know, we're going to be able to, you know, get free health care. We're going to get, you know, the environment worked on. We're going to, you know, all these things that, again, they're broad-based agendas, and that's all well and good. But nobody has gone through what ADOS has gone through in this country and because of what we've gone through in this country we have a specific set of things that need to be done to reverse what was done to us the statistic that I gave him in there it it holds true you know we're 14 13 to 14 percent of the population yet we own 2.6 percent of the wealth in this nation right so At 14% of population, you expect us to have 14% of the wealth at least. Why is that not the case? Why is that not the case? And I'm not asking you that specifically. I'm just asking that, generally speaking. You know, some people will say that there's a, a huge agenda to keep us at the bottom. And I would agree with that. Based on what we've seen historically, I would agree, you know, whenever we've tried to build on our own, some way, shape, or form, it got tore down. Whether that was with the uh, you know Black Wall Streets, the decimation of Black Wall Streets (plural street Black Wall Streets), or the Highway Act, or you know, you know, things like what you see in Flint, Michigan, you know, poisoning the water, whatever, you know, things like that. Uh, historically, we, whenever we have had some measure of a foothold in America. And it looked like we were trying to make progress. That always got destroyed. You know, it always got torn down. And we were left decimated with no help, no intervention, nothing. Right? During Reconstruction, there was some measurable progress being made. But when the troops were taken out of the South, it left us ripe for being victimized by the Klan and other hate groups. So you look throughout American history. And our involvement in American history, whenever we've tried to do things, there was always that opposition, not only from individuals, but and not only from individuals and groups, but from the, the government. And we've done the best we could to fight back. We've done the best we could to deal with these things. We've done the best we could to adapt. And because of that, we're still here. But not without the devastation that we still live with economically politically you know in some cases physically that we're still dealing with to this very day so you know um ultimately what our goal is is try to get a specific agenda for us to make right what was wrong what was done wrong to us over the generations you know um hundreds of years we've had to deal with being a bottom cast on some level it's time to reverse that not to wish ill on any other group but we need to get our fair share of the american pie no not even a fair share of the american pie not even a fair share of the american dream uh, when we talk about the pie we don't want a slice of the pie we want the whole entire kitchen right with everything in it to make our own pie. So what am I saying? It's time for us to be put into a position to where we could be a builder class, a production class. I'm not asking for reparations just to be consumers. I'm asking that we have reparations in order to take that money, take those resources and flip them and help us to be able to build communities and build businesses and build uh, economic structures for ourselves. That way, we're econo- with economic fortification, no matter what you feel about us, you don't have the ability to harm us once we're economically fortified because with economic fortification comes political fortification, right? And social fortification. So we won't have to worry about police coming into our communities because we have the means to be able to deal with that in a political way right if this mayor isn't dealing with police brutality in our community we have the resources to get him up out of there and put somebody in there who will deal with it you get what I'm saying yes sir yeah so again I I, I went on the screen but I uh, I hope I answered your question. Oh,
0: you did. You answered it. I, I get on my soapbox slide,
1: so forgive me. So, I, no, I, no, no,
0: no. I, you, you, you did because you broke it down. You, you, you. Right, right. You gave your answer. Uh, mm-hmm. You answered the question, and then you explained and broke it down on why you had why you had the answers that you had. You, you, you right. Made a, a big spruck you know, a big broad information, and it was, yeah. uh, it was. Um, so I actually understand where you're coming from, man. Then I understand your motives of why you agree with reparations and why you answer the question so when you mm-hmm. answer the question the way you did you, you you put it out there and so like i said when you answer the question i was the way you did it it gives uh it gives a, a better idea of of, of uh why reparations. a lot of people try to shoot down in my opinion the reparations, so, oh they ain't gonna do nothing but blow the money off or whatever it, you know people just assume it's just money go blah, blah 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 but you know um you know and they will Huh?
1: There's no I, I I have no doubt in my mind, Andrew, that there are going to be some folks who will take the money and do something that they probably shouldn't do with it.
0: That's not going to They're, do it anyway. At the end right. of, what, know, how is that different? How? Different. how Everybody do right. it. You know, right. earlier, you, people do it with regular paychecks. So exactly. It, that's stupid. I'm saying to me, it's a, it's a I mean, I'm not sorry to interject, but it's no a, it's a stupid argument. Because who right? Don't? It where if it's reparation of a regular pay job, where if you're black people, exactly. people gonna waste money regardless. A lot of people, exactly. black people. so that just a dumb argument. But at least it's a start, you know, it's 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 a start somewhere. You know, it's not your business what they gonna do with the money at the end of the day anyway. Right, exactly. It's my, it's our money. You <laughs> owe it to us.
1: Right? Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: you
1: know, so <laughs> I could <laughs> and I, I certainly wouldn't do this, but I you know, I could you get a million dollars and blow it by in a year. It don't matter. Your it's business. my money. You owe it, right? <laughs> you don't tell the light company what they're gonna do with the money
0: you owe them. <laughs> the lights, son. They right? they insult. That's to me. That's like insulting a black man's intelligence. Just exactly. That statement. That's how it is. It's a way to insult things. And that's a it's, right. a it's a dumb argument. You owe somebody something. You owe it. It don't matter what they exactly. Do, exactly.
1: And like I said, I would <laughs> certainly. This is my kids' legacy. You know, this that's what I'm fighting for. You know, not to say I'm not building stuff on my own to try to ensure their legacy for my, you know, on my own. But at the same time, this is what's owed to us, the descendants of American slaves. This is what's owed to us. So, yes, we're coming to get our check the way Dr. King said it.
0: Right? Yeah, and that's why they killed him and Malcolm X. Exactly. Uh- a lot of people don't know. I think it's one of the reasons why people scared to talk about reparations because I realized the real reason that Malcolm X and Martin King died is because they start because the last thing that I remember in uh, uh, some of the last three years of before he died, they they, they liked him. He was talking about you know, integration, but when they start, he started, he started sounding like Mar- uh, sounding like Malcolm X. And I heard some of thing on YouTube. I said, what do you mean he's talking just like Malcolm X? He's saying the same thing Malcolm X was saying. That's what got mm-hmm. Malcolm X gone because, they were willing to fight for, they really literally fight for what they wanted. Not just talking right. about it, they were willing to fight, fight. And mm-hmm. um, Martin Luther King started talking about, then was, all of a sudden they wanted to get rid of them real fast. When exactly. About, uh, that. And then, because um, one thing I want to say is something you may know a little bit about, I'm going to answer your question, is that mm-hmm. um, um, I'm pretty sure you know a little bit about, it. I'm not for sure I'm going to answer your question. You know about anything about all the black people who had a lot of land that got stolen.
1: Yes. Yes. I've heard numerous stories about it. Definitely happened in South Carolina right now, the Gullah Geechee, you know, the Gullah Geechee folks, um, they're having their land taken in in the low country. You know, this is, you know, land that's been in those groups and those communities for generations. Right. Um, And yet wealthy land developers are trying to get that land because a lot of those folks live in poverty, unfortunately, and they're not able to pay the taxes on that land. And that land is growing in value. So when the land increases in value, the taxes increase. So what ends up happening is that, you know, people are unable to pay that land. I mean, pay the taxes on that land. So now they're having to either sell it or they're having to take it from them. To develop golf courses, so you have this land that's full of tradition, that's handed down from generation to generation. That's our land, our in a broad sense, right? As being taken away step by step. So a lot of times, what ends up happening is that you know um, what ends up happening uh, oftentimes. Is that um, folks get the land, and for whatever reason, they they have that land, which you know can be accumulated and, and and build wealth. But at the same time, you don't have the immediate income or the immediate resources to maintain that land. It's like buy, you know, it's like getting a house handed down to you. You know, you have a house, which, you know, the house and the land and the property can increase in value, but at the same time, you go inside the house, you know, it needs a lot of repairs, needs a lot of fixing, all these things that are needed. You don't have the immediate income or the immediate resources to be able to fix up the house and make it even more valuable and to pay the taxes on it and do all these things, right? So what ends up happening is that you just have a shell of what could be. You have a shell of what, you know, could have been something that could bring value and that could be handed down to your children. Well, it's not doing me any good, so I'd rather just have the money. I'd rather just sell it all and just get a windfall. But you're selling it to somebody who does have the resources. You know, to not only buy the property, but to build it up and to fix it into something that can accumulate in value over time. So they take that, they build it up, and they hand it to their generation. And now you have they have generational wealth where you got the cash, but oftentimes we don't have the means or the resources to take that cash and flip it. And Sometimes it's not enough to flip. You know, we just have that cash and we buy a little, you know, do whatever we can with it and we're back to square one right you know so and and you know historically speaking there have been cases like I talked to you about uh before where just people just came in and took land you know they just took it i mean they you know they ran folks you know off the land and they just took it now it's our land and there was never any compensation there was never any justice done you know and that's what it was. You know, it's our land now. And it was as simple as that. Right? So, uh, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of stories, man. A lot of situations where that's occurred and it's tragic. And I feel like that's who should have been at the reparations hearing. The people who had their whose grandparents had their land taken from them. That's who should have been at the reparations hearing. You know, Danny Glover, that's all good, but I feel like those who directly who have the direct consequences of that wealth gap of the legacy of slavery, they're dealing with those direct consequences. Those people should have had a say in that hearing. I got a lot of major problems with that reparations hearing that happened a while back, but I don't mean to switch topics on you.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um on a problem is I got another question I'm gonna ask you after this. On a problem, yeah. I I think they probably haven't wasn't there because they didn't educate themselves to know. Right, right. Yeah. And that's where yeah. it comes in. We don't educate yourself to know what's going on or what happened. Then you don't know what to stand for or fight for. That's my opinion. Um, exactly. exactly. Uh, next, another question I'm going to ask you this is your brother. Yeah. I want your honest opinion. I want you think yeah. about this. What is land tax? Say that one more time. What is land tax? Can you hear me? What is land tax? Yeah, I hear you.
1: Land tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, for me, because uh, I'm a you know I'm a property owner as you know as well, um, but for me, you know, that tax for me is just a matter of okay, this is the tax that gets uh, levied against you. Again, depending on the property you know property value, the tax increases or decreases um, over time, and the more the land is valued, the more is, you know, you got to pay in taxes on it. You know, obviously I'm, a, I'm you know, I'm a I'm a professional, so, you know, I have the means, at least I've had the means so far to pay the taxes on my land. Um, I know right now uh, at my house, they're uh, talking about, you know, building, up you know, paving the road, because I live, you know, in front of a dirt road. So they're talking about paving that road. Uh, and what they said was, gonna be encumbrance for a time, but once it's done, that's gonna increase the land value. Well when you increase the land value, you increase the land tax. So you know if you have a basic income, if you have let's say somebody an older you know ADOS person who lives off of Social Security, uh, what ends up happening is that okay, this is my basic income and it it gives me enough to deal or to pay my bills on a timely fashion, buy food, pay for medications, whatever. You pave the road, the land value increases, the tax increases, at least ours does in South Carolina. Now I own like three, $400 in taxes. That's just, you know, I know in some areas it's more than that. I don't know what it's like in Texas, but, you know, in some areas it's more than that. So what ends up happening is that, okay, you have this elderly ADOS person who now owes $300 in taxes, right? And maybe they could get away for a couple years without paying it. What ends up happening is that, okay, that $300 turns into $600. $600 turns into $900. And before you know it, you're almost $1,000 in land tax. The person can't pay it because they have, you know, they live on a check-by-check basis. You know, by little Social Security... Can't cover that tax. So as it happened is that you're more susceptible to losing that land because you can't pay the taxes on it. You know, I use the example of an elderly person. Maybe the you know maybe their children could help, but you know, given that you know, average income for a Black American person is around 35000 dollars. You know, they probably got their own bills and their own things they got to worry about. You know, uh, so they may not have the money to to send. You know, so what ends up happening is that you either sell the land or you have it taken away from you, right? Right. So most likely you're going to have it taken away from you because you can't pay the taxes on it. You know, you you sell it in advance because you can't pay the taxes on it. But if you let the taxes go, then they come and they take the land from you because you can't pay the taxes on it, right? So uh, again, I hope that uh, that's the best I could to explain uh, <laughs> my interpretation uh um, dealing with the land tax
0: that's that's good yeah i'm that's just a, a question that, like i'm just curious i uh, know what you thought about land taxes um
1: well I, I you know i'm all for value i'm all for increasing in value but again you know there are plenty of people who have houses that they end up selling the houses because you know they end up selling the land because they don't have the resources to be able to not only keep it but to and not only to keep it and not only to maintain it but to build on that land and make it something way more valuable to hand down to your next generation you know so you know I've been blessed to be able to have the resources to be able to do that to a degree because you know I make a pretty good income but I don't you know I'm not rich by no means whatsoever right so you know there are limits to not having resources you know, because, you know, you know, I work in multiple capacities. You know, I have income from multiple, you know, different places. But at the same time, I don't have that infusion of resources that will be necessary to take my land from being maintained to being something that I can increase in value. You get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So, and that's a problem for all of us you know, well, not all of us, there's, it's a problem for a lot of us.
0: Right. So that's,
1: that's what it is. All
0: right, man, J- Mr. Jamie and uh father. I, I appreciate the interview, man. I appreciate the time and, uh, yes, and all your information. I, and also thank you for, um, for allowing me to, uh, to share, you know, that, uh, video clip and I'm glad for the work that you're doing. And also yes, hope sir. do what you're doing, man. Uh, continue to, uh you know have these type of conversation it's important that you have showed that clip um mm-hmm. it's important also when people watch those type of clips so they have a better understanding of if they' voting or why they voting, who they're voting for, and um you know get better insight Cause a lot of people you know a lot of people just don't really look at who they voting for they just just vote down what they've been voting without doing the research. It's important to do research who you're voting for and because mm-hmm. it's important your vote does count hopefully it, it will start counting more. If <laughs> they get rid of Electoral College, which right, is kind yeah, of yeah. strange, it's a whole nother story. We'll talk about mm-hmm. that maybe at some other time. But uh, I want to thank yeah. you for uh, allowing me to interview you and and, and taking the time on your busy day, your busy schedule to uh, come on to my program, my platform, uh, which I'm st- still working and growing and working on and learning new things and ideas to bring to the platform. And thank you for being a part of it. And thank all the viewers and listeners who are watching. Also, make sure you subscribe uh to this YouTube channel and share with other people. Uh if you wish to do so, I don't mind. Thank you for and I appreciate it. And tell people about it. And it's good to learn and educate yourself on things. I was also put uh Mr. Jamie and Fowler information um that y'all can reach him on Facebook and Twitter as well uh in the description box. And so I wanna thank you Mr. Jamie and Fowler for all the information and, and your work that you're doing. You keep on doing what you're doing. And uh, Vin, thank you like to say before we close.
1: Yeah, uh, just, you know, I appreciate uh, what you're saying, Andrew, and uh, uh, I appreciate your support. And I appreciate you uh, having me on. Um, you know, um, I was uh, looking at this, and uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't be, you don't mind me. No, go ahead. Uh, but okay. this, this, this is a report that was done uh, by uh, Tone Talks and William Darity and other economists, uh, uh, Antonio Moore. Uh, attorney uh yes own uh uh podcast, but um uh, uh they got together and did this uh, and it says what well, we get wrong about closing the racial wealth gap. This is basically uh, you know I, I I actually handed this on the way out, uh, I handed this to uh, one of Beto's uh, uh I guess one of their staff one of his staff people. Uh I don't claim to be an expert on this, you know, you know, I don't claim to get everything right about everything. You know, I do the best I can. Um, I don't mean to cloud chase. Uh, I don't want to be perceived as cloud chasing. I, I'm asking these questions because uh, there are a lot of folks who go into these rallies that don't ask the questions. So I figured, you know, this is something that's very important to me. I might as well take the time to ask that question, or ask those questions, right? So, again, I may be, you know, I maybe probably could go about it a different way. I don't claim to be an expert. You know, I welcome folks' opinion on it, uh, but I'm doing the best that I can. You know, and I'm always looking to be educated as well. So uh, uh, I appreciate you, Andrew. I appreciate your audience. Um, reach out to me if you have any questions, and, and I'm here to support. So uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime in the near future.
0: Most definitely. No problem. I would happy to have, um, be able to have you on, man, on another time, another schedule, a little bit more insight about uh, other issues as well. And trust yes, me, sir. I keep in contact. I have your number. I have your um, your uh, social media uh, links where I can contact you as well. And I want to thank yes, you sir. as well. And if you have anything you want to say uh, later on time, you, can, you know, hit me up or whatever you want to do, however you want to reach out, social media, number, whatever. And um, mm-hmm. I want to thank you, Mr. Fowler. I want to thank all the listeners. And um, I wanted you to have a uh, enjoy your weekend. And all the viewers enjoy your days and weekends and everything and be safe. We um, do the same. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right. Okay. All right. Peace. Peace. Peace.